0: Welcome to the Blasphemous Pope Cathedral, and this is the Blasphemous Pope Podcast, where we talk about disaster preparedness, emergency preparedness, and the cultural war that is bringing emergency and disaster right to our doorstep. So take a seat, strap in, and enjoy the wild ride that is the Blasphemous Pope Podcast. If you wish to, There is a support button on the homepage on my Anchor site. Please feel free to donate as little as 99 cents a month. Thank you very much. Alright, moving right along to number five. Number five is the commitment of the people you have involved in your community once you have your community together you really need to figure out uh, what kind of level of commitment to this project they have now when i say that i mean um, how are they committed to the choices for distribution systems um, the willingness to uh, uh, learn and grow with the, the systems that uh, have been decided upon for uh, implementation and uh, how willing they are to reach out and gain the education needed to keep these systems running smoothly. Um, you know, interruptions on any of these systems may not be uh, life-threatening, tragic, but they are setbacks and you want to try to uh, keep as many of those setbacks at bay for as long as humanly possible so first things first you want to look at your internal dynamic and when I say internal dynamic I mean how well these people work together uh, how they work under uh, a medium amount of pressure you know because everybody that is involved is bringing you know life to the community so you want to make sure that you don't have, you know, people who are going to be acting out against one another specifically because they just don't like so and so, or they don't like these types of people or those types of people. You not saying that you need to have a homogeneous group, but you do need to have some sort of harmony within the group. So um, moving along to distribution systems now. There are many ways to solve the problems of distribution, you know, uh, whether you do it egalitarianly, whether you do it on a need-based scenario, whether you do it on a use-based scenario. um, There are many ways that you can disseminate uh, resources to people, and this is definitely not the the format to discuss each and every single one of these but you need to make sure that everybody is committed and on the same page to those distribution systems and when I talk about education I'm talking about not um, not so much going to uh, uh, institutions of higher learning but more uh, being able to do the research to find out uh, what you don't know that you don't know And be able to attain those skills, retain those skills, and use those skills on a consistent basis. Moving on to, well, leading directly into number four is skills. Um, Now, to start off, you absolutely are going to have to have people who have already acquired certain skills. Um, One main thing that you really want to think about is worst case scenario. Um, now, in the worst-case scenarios, basic survival skills, um, field skills like field medicine, trapping, and whatnot, are going to be primary. And these are, again, four worst-case scenarios. You want to have an emergency plan, as I brought up in uh, uh, point number six, uh, security. Having a plan gives the community at least a sense that... Um, they are not in a desperate situation. It's great for uh, the individual psychology of, of everybody involved. Um, now, uh, on top of basic survival skills, you really want to look for community-style skills. Now, community-style skills are things like agriculture, construction, uh, masonry, um, uh EMS type services, you know, uh, RN rated medical services. You, you want to make sure that, uh, if accidents do happen, there is, um, a plan and, uh, a methodology to solve those for those accidents. If weather takes out a roof, you want to make sure that there are people who can repair roof. You know, if, uh, uh, you are having a bad time growing things. You want to be able to have people that can troubleshoot these issues. Now, again, you don't have to start with these people, but you have to have people that are going to grow into these positions where they will they will know uh, what to do or they will be able to find out what to do easily uh, when they come across uh, problems that need to be troubleshooted. And then the final skills scenario is the specialty skills, and when I talk about specialty skills, I'm talking about your uh, knowledge of alternative alternative methods for energy uh, uh, acquisition and uh, advanced medicine, uh, things like you know surgery that may come up or setting bones that may come up um, in a compound fracture scenario. Um, these are are not necessarily the uh, primary things you want to look for but these are things that you are definitely going to want to have uh, involved in your community. And now we're in the top three considerations for building your uh, community, your homestead, um, what have you. OK, so uh, number three, sheltering. Sheltering is a very important subject to a lot of people because you know having a roof over your head is a nice commodity. Um, and there are a lot of uh, things to consider here when we, we talk about sheltering. Uh, first of all uh is the sheltering going to be a large multi-family situation um maybe uh um an individual uh home situation or possibly a tiny home situation with a large clubhouse type of scenario where um possibly uh Community-wide meals can be prepared or uh, a meeting place for community decisions, uh, things like that. Uh, So, um, when we consider these things, we really have to consider the individual dynamics of people involved. Uh, Someone with uh, five kids and a wife uh, is probably not going to be a good candidate for a multifamily home, uh, especially if the other people... uh, don't have kids, don't want kids, what have you. All this to say that it is a consideration that has to be made when uh, uh, dealing with the accommodations for a community. Now, moving right along to point number two, climate. Now, when we talk about climate, we, we have to really be uh, meteorolo- meteorologists at, at, in a junior sense. Uh, you really want to look at things like uh, average summer temperatures, average winter temperatures, uh, uh, sunset, sunrise uh, averages throughout the year, uh, average precipitation, how much of that is rainfall, how much of that is snowfall. There's a lot to really consider when we're talking about climate. Uh, and the main reason why is because uh, your alternatives have a lot to do with your climate uh, whether or not it would be suitable or economic to deal with solar power as opposed to wind power if wind power is even a possibility where you're at um, and uh, um, whether or not you'll have a long enough growing season whether you'll have to implement green just to be able to have a long enough growing season to provide enough food for everybody and uh, whether or not if you're doing rain catchment whether or not that precipitation is going to be able to sustain your population as well now the other hand when it comes to uh, climate that we have to really consider is uh, the psychology of climate now most people they they put this in the woo 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 category but it is a very real concern Uh, there is seasonal depression is a word for a reason that's it's not a made-up thing it's not imaginary it happens Uh, during winter months uh, when the nights are longer and the days are shorter uh, depression does set in does get worse uh, in people who are depressed and does appear in people who are not uh, clinically depressed so this is something that you really need to to put on the table is if you're going to have a long winter how are you going to really deal with depression um, the, the psychological benefits of, of outdoor play how are you going to deal with that in a long winter situation or uh, any other climate based disaster uh, which uh, then leads into the final consideration when it comes to climate is uh, how you uh, are going to deal with the natural disasters that are prevalent in the area that you are basing your community in. Uh, uh, Down here in Florida, we have hurricanes. It happens, it happens almost every year, not every year, but almost every year we have multiple hurricanes that hit Florida. And in that type of scenario, uh, outdoor farming becomes a challenge to say the least. as well as uh, structural integrity and things like that and these are all things that we really need to consider if we are going to say base our uh, community here in Florida if you're going to base your community somewhere in Tornado Alley you have to consider the fact that you need to prepare for tornadoes because they happen and and um, it is not only a consideration for the safety and general welfare of your community, but the uh, sustainability of your community, because is your solar farm going to survive a tornado? Uh, is there going to be anything left of your, your wind catchment if, uh, if you experience a tornado or a hurricane? These are, these are things that really need to be planned out thought out thoroughly and uh, implemented um, in the case of an emergency scenario what are you going to do The top number one consideration uh, for uh, building and creating a community. Um, I would say drum roll, but we do have background music playing, so we don't really need a drum roll now, do we? Uh, The number one consideration is space. Um, now, this really does all encompass 90% of every other consideration. That's the reason why it's number one. Um, the amount of space, where the space is, um, what manner of space you have is all major things to consider. Um, I know most of this, uh, this podcast has been focusing on uh, the ability to do this in uh, a rural Uh, or potentially even a suburban setting, uh, I am not discounting that you could, as uh, an urban, a small urban faction, I guess you could call it, uh, create a sustainable, um, self-contained community within an urban scenario. Um, It it would require you to... uh, own an entire apartment building or well you and the community to own an entire apartment building but uh it is not off the table uh it's just i don't find that that's going to be a very common occurrence uh considering the way things are in urban scenarios well urban life so the space uh First and foremost, you need to make sure that you have enough space. Um, If you are deciding that you want to build a community and you only got like five acres worth of land, it's going to be rough. Um, Yeah, sure, you could quarter it out for housing type of scenario, but you are literally going to be building all the way to the end of your property. And if you're not building there, you're going to be uh, performing agriculture or Uh, having a solar farm or what have you like directly on the edge of your property and that's not going to be very beneficial as far as security is concerned. Uh, Also, speaking of security, if you have terrain features that is going to interrupt your ability to use some of that property. So, go big or go home. If you are not in the urban scenario, you are going to want to be looking at uh, in excess of 10 to 20 acres if you're looking to build a fully functioning, fully self-sustaining community. Um, but, you know, don't despair. Uh, that is not a requirement right off the bat. If you have uh, a piece of property and there's property all around you that you could purchase, well, then, or, or could be purchased and, and added to the, uh, the community, well, there's that. You could start small and grow into it but the main thing is uh, the property that you start off with you are going to want to make sure that you have space for everything that is planned for the onset. If you have plans on doing your own power, doing your own rain catchment, doing uh, your own agriculture, you want to make sure that you have enough space not only to house the people there but to perform all of these uh, projects. Uh, You also want to think ahead a little bit to future projects if let's say you are drawing power from the grid and you want to move to like a solar farm you have to make sure that you're going to have that space to set up the solar farm before uh, it's go time you know Um, and you also want to make sure that there is going to be space for recreation activity Um, and I'm going to say this, and I don't feel it really needs to be said, but uh, given the world that we live in, maybe it does. Uh, play is just as important as work. You cannot just consistently work your entire life away and um, be happy. And and that's one of the main things about developing these communities, is that it is to enhance the overall happiness of Uh, everybody that is a participant in the community and that is going to require play. Now there is some play that can be work, there is some play that can be learning, but play for the sake of play is something that is going to be a must in the community for its own mental health. you want to make sure that you have manageable grounds that uh that the terrain works for you uh, not only in the security sense but also in the sense for providing for everybody that you're not stuck in a valley that doesn't get any sunlight and then you want to do solar it's not going to work right Uh, and and these things have to be part of your plan when you're planning your space Uh, finally in regard to space we really want to consider it being a multi-family not a multi-person but a multi-family situation because that is the more intricate situation to deal with in a multi-family scenario you want to make sure that there is at least enough room between the people that are members of the community that having children is not going to be an issue for everybody else to have to deal with. Um, so with all these things considered, uh, let's start uh, thinking about the first steps of our community. Thank you for joining me on this sermon. I hope you've gained some much needed insight and perspective, maybe learned something about self sustaining communities, how to start them, develop them, and maintain them, and about the cultural war that is making these communities become a necessity for our very survival. Again, if you wish to support this podcast, You can always click the link on Anchor and for as little as 99 cents a month, support this podcast. And also just by watching and sharing, it's a great help. Thank you very much. Goodbye.